0: Hey, this is Gareth Mayers of Gemmine Publishing, author of the Dark Love series, and a few others. You can find everything of mine on Amazon.com. Just type in Gareth Mayers, G-A-R-E-T-H-M-A-Y-E-R-S. Please give it a try. Hello, good day everyone. My name is Gareth Mayers, author of the Dark Love series. Today, I just wanna jump right into it and. What we're talking about here is Christians and interstellar travel. Now, I use the word Christians, but basically what we're talking about here is anybody who believes in God or believes in an intelligent designer, anybody who believes in the Bible. Those crowds are who I'm talking to. And the reason why is because when we look at the world today, I guess there's it seems as if Christianity... The Bible, people who believe in the Bible and people who believe in an intelligent designer, seem to run in conflict with science. And I am a science fiction writer, yet I do believe in an intelligent designer. And for some, this may seem like a conflict of interest. That is how uh, the state of the world is right now, where somehow we have allowed people who are atheists and scientists, in other words, to kind of come on their science and tell us that we are not we are not scientific. And I think Christians, in other words, react in the wrong way sometimes because instead of claiming their birthright, they concede ground by sort of becoming anti-science themselves. But what we need to recognize, or what I would say i recognize is that science is real and science is is god god if we believe in an intelligent designer who created everything we have to recognize that he is the one who made science He is the one who made biology made physics made chemistry and therefore we would be conceding our birthright to just give it up and be like and become anti-science and concede that ground to them so with the same for and gusto, we revel in the Bible or we read the Bible because we know that is what we believe to be the Word of God. We also need to look at nature and look to science, in other words, as a source of getting to know our Creator mind. However, we do know that the elements, there are people within science who, in other words, are anti-God and as such, they allow their... Their views on the creator to allow them to um, to skew science to suit their odds and ends. Just as how people who believe in the Bible because they want to do some particular wrong, they may skew the Bible itself to try and suit their odds and ends. So they bend reality or they bend what the word is in order to fit their narrative. And it's the same with some scientists today. A lot of scientists today just gone who would not even accept the possibility that everything is intelligently designed and as such they do not even look to that possibility now in saying all this what we're going to discuss here is just the possibilities of interstellar travel or colonization of the entire universe by humans and why are we going to do this from the perspective of our intelligent designer creating the the universe as it will were. we're going to be using a mix of the bible to kind of help mold our views or thoughts and we're also going to use a bit of common sense and looking at nature for examples so we're trying to draw on many different facets and sources here now as we go about doing this it will take several episodes so be involved for the long haul today is just the introduction. what the introduction going to establish is which branch of belief in the bible you are in line with so i've come up with some acronyms one is utc which stands for the universe tests its citizens and the other is unc which stands for the universe nurtures its citizens so what does the utc involve well this is the definition i've come up with the utc or the universe-tested citizens model is the belief that the universe was created to test man to determine if we are good or bad then punishes us to heaven or hell depending on our life choices in some versions of this belief the earth is also temporary and is also destroyed in the end you know the end is so this is what the belief in the UTC is what is the UNC? the UNC or the universe nurtures its citizens model is the belief that the physical plane of existence i.e our universe was created for mankind to live and inhabit so that is the unc now for our purposes we're going to be going with the unc but first let me discuss why we're not going with the utc we're not going with the utc for a few reasons one the belief that this earth was created for nothing and that is just a temporary holdover until we go to our real life it kind of makes everything here pointless I mean, don't get me wrong, death does make everything pointless as well. But what we have to also remember is that death, death was never part of the plan. We see that in the Bible. With the narrative of the Bible, we see that in the beginning, after God created Adam, he did give him a command. And he said that you won't do this thing. And if you don't do this thing, or if you do this thing, you will die. We all know it. the eating of the forbidden fruit, as it were. So death was contingent on not eating this particular fruit or in other words not sinning but adam chose to do what he did hence from the narrative of the bible we see that okay it was never the creator's intention to really allow death to be a thing so the whole concept of humans being of death being a natural occurrence it doesn't really the bible doesn't support it that is not a natural thing our our state is supposed to be one of permanency which is why, why we die is such a mystery. Now, just a side note. We notice there in those scriptures in Genesis. As a matter of fact, let me tell you the exact scripture. It's Genesis Genesis 2 and verse 15. That is where God essentially laid the command upon man to, that he could eat from every tree of the garden um, to satisfaction. But the tree of knowledge of good and bad, he was not to eat from it. Because upon the day that he eat it, he will certainly die. It says there that upon the day, in other words, that he eats it, he will certainly die. But yet, Adam lived to be um, 900 and something years old. So, it makes us wonder, well, how come he didn't die within the exact day? I mean, is something wrong with the narrative of the Bible? However, the Bible does actually answer this question. This is just a side point. Later on in the Bible, in about the second um, letter from the Apostle Peter, So that's 2 Peter, I believe it's chapter, well, there's only one letter, I believe. It would be 8, verse 8. He He does address this by letting us know that to God, a thousand years is one day. So one day to God is as a thousand years to us. So what that would mean is that no human since Adam has ever really lived past that day. All of us have died within the thousand years. And it would mean then, that humans have a life cap, a cap placed on our life at a thousand years. Now, scientific side of me says that if we with an intelligent designer and you just think about it logically, you make um, a robot. Ever watch all these movies like Ex Machina," "Terminator," and the scientist creates a robot, or a creation that is powerful, and it goes awry. It begins to malfunction and they did not create a self-destruct button within the creation. And now we have a, a creation running amok all over the place just being a nuisance. Oh. For some narratives, the extinction of the species, I think to a certain extent that that was precisely why this thing called sin is within mankind. It was like a feel safe. Should mankind go awry, this feel safe will kick in and wipe them out. And as such we did go awry and sin was activated and in other words sin seems to be something on a genetic level it could be passed on from father to son and it goes straight through the generations so what we learn here is that death was never really the intention for creation, such as us intelligent beings it doesn't say anything about animals however so animals were they did really and they were part of the whole cycle they were supposed to be dying and you know, but humans, on the other hand, intelligent creatures who could appreciate life and who could have this sort of understanding, in other words, who were created in God's image and likeness. We were supposed to live forever. But we lost that and now we die. What does that mean? Well, if we were running through this scenario and thinking about, God create us. We live in forever. Adam never sinned. At some point in time, if we live in forever, we would eventually fill this earth as God intended and subdued it and having, we'd have in subjection all the fishes, are, you know the scripture. But what we would do after we filled it, we would be out of space. And then what? And this is why, we be, well, I believe that the next step in his plan, if we were to look at his plan, would be for us to go out to space and colonize other worlds. Because he would have two choices at this point in time. He could say, All right, you guys have filled it exactly as I told you to. Now, I am going to cut off all reproductive capabilities. Hence, everyone who would be, let me say, now being born at that period of time, they would not have the chance or the privilege, whatever you want to call it, to have children. They would have to be the only group of people in human history to not have children and to remain childless. So that could be one way he would do it. Now, there are some benefits to this, huh? Because we always try to look at positives and negatives. If the world had reached a particular number and there was a cap, it would mean to say that we would know every human on this earth, given our lifespan, in other words, being infinite. At some point in time, we would know... Literally, every human on the earth, by name, first name, last name, we would know them as if they were our brother. We would literally view every human as if they were a family member. The human family would be extremely close, so that you know no matter where you are, you would always be up to date with what's going on in everybody's lives all around the world, and there would be a specific number probably assigned to each person but and and, and this doesn't mean that life would be boring or meaningless just because. We stuck in the static nature we would still enjoy life we would still we could still enjoy life and thrive even under this condition so this is an option now however we have to take into account the um i would say the personality of god and also his past interactions what we mean well if we look at the, the pattern he set out in the garden of eden he created he had the whole earth but he chose just to make one spot of it, the Garden of Eden. So you have this entire globe, this entire planet, and you choose to put an example down of what you want the entire place to look like. You like this? You see how pretty hairs. You like it? Yeah, this is what I want everywhere to look like. So i you take this example and spread it to everywhere on this on this planet that I give all you. So Adam and Eve would have been able to look around, say, okay, we could do this, and then they start to work to progressively spread paradisic conditions throughout the entire globe now if you think about it the earth is also just a small speck universe surrounded by basically wilderness just dead planets all over the place now what we would be saying if it is we were to say that god in other words his intention is just for us to stay here in the static bubble is that he created the vast majority of the universe. I mean, how much, what percentage of the universe is the Earth, really? I'm pretty sure it is less than 0.000, you know, go down the line, 1% of the entire universe. So we would be saying that he created the majority of the universe just for us to look up at it at night and think it were pretty and, you know, smile and feel, oh my God, he's so glorious. Or... He, in other words, he created it for nothing. And to me, that is sort of asinine. It would be asinine for you to expect people to believe that. It must have been created for something. Not only that, but the earth and the sun, our solar system, is not really that glorious. It's not that unique. There are suns outside of our solar system that are the size of our entire solar system. So does it mean that God really and truly doesn't want us to experience these things that he has created? Think about it from another example. Would a parent take a piece of food while a child is hungry and dangle it in front of them? A loving parent, that is. And always keep it just out of reach so that this child is always longing for this but could never attain it? I don't believe so. So we have to work at the principle that God is love. And if he puts something in front of us, it is because he does eventually intend for us to attain it. This is also one of the reasons why Adam and Eve were foolish to eat from the fruit or the tree of good and bad. When God put that there and he told them not to eat from it, it's not that he necessarily meant that they would, nev- they would never eat from it, but at the point in time, it was not the appropriate time for them. So, because if you notice, he did not have any rules against eating from the tree of life. They could have eaten from the tree of life. However, when they did, What they did, and he had to cast them out. He now had to to cast them out simply because it was no longer permissible for them to eat from the tree of life. Because the tree of life would have reversed the sentence um, of death. And understand that these trees most likely were just normal trees. What they represented was more important. You see, if God made a promise, or if God told you, don't pull this switch or else you'll get everlasting life. The switch itself may not really have any sort of unique properties. It's just the mere fact that God promised something. He said something would happen. His word is more powerful than the, the object itself. Is or, or like a father says, if you do good in tests, I'll give you, you know, a bike. You getting the bike is contingent upon you doing good in the test. However, the test itself, the test in of itself is not that, is not the thing that gives you the bike. It's not as, as your, block off the last answer and you get hundred percent all of a sudden the bike the paper itself must start transforming transform into a bike as if you just unlock a bike within hidden within the papers that's not what happens it's just the promise that your father gave is what really unlocks that bike for you so going off on a tangent i'm sorry getting back to the to the topic at hand so it would mean then that to me the pattern is god shows us an example of how it is to be done And then we would do, we would spread it after that. So mankind, in other words, would have transformed this earth into a paradise. And then we would move on to Mars. And each one or each world we terraform, we would there become more knowledgeable on how to do it. We would become, it would become, we'll have more expertise in being able to do it. Each world may be a different challenge. But as humanity grows and we begin to increase in number, we would therefore begin to Colonize more and more worlds. I'm not certain. But perhaps even if if we were to look at the types of planets within our solar system, this is just a theory coming out of the logical thinking or the logical conclusion of what I'm saying. If we were to look at the planets around us, Jupiter, all these different planets that occupy our solar system, all the different things that occupy our solar system, we would probably notice that those said resources are what we need in order to colonize the other planets maybe maybe i don't know that's just a theory i'm throwing out so if you believe that and this is why in other words we can't use the utc for our explanation the utc in other words just believes that the earth is temporary it believes that heaven and hell are the real places people go to for eternity so in all cases we believe in some form of living forever so the idea that you know oh it's so preposterous that men could be living forever it's not really preposterous if you believe in heaven and hell already you already do believe in some form of immortality and the immortality i am talking about is not to the extent of heaven and hell Uh, what we are talking about here is just that I believe that the word, the proper word is biological synesthesis or sinister. Let me look it up. Right, it's called negligible senescence. Negligible senescence. Essentially, it just describes not aging biologically. We could still die. We may still be able to fall off a cliff, whatever the case is. But we would not die by means of these biological processes. But back to the main point we're not going to consider the UTC because we have no idea what heaven or hell is like. I can't, we can't speculate on it. And here's why. Time, space, and all the fundamental forces of the universe were created, as we know, with the Big Bang. And as Christians, in other words, we have to understand the Big Bang wasn't like, you know, boom and The Big Bang simply refers to the point in time, I would say, where God just created the universe. Let me look at it like that. The designer decided to create the universe. This is the point at which it started. And to me, the science for this is rock solid. So at that point in time, we recognize that God would have existed outside of the universe. He exists outside the universe. He created time and all the other fundamental forces within this universe hence we don't know what he operates on if he created time then obviously he is timeless it means to say that time doesn't really have um, any sort of sway on him and it means to say that he doesn't exist within space you know so we cannot really comprehend this we cannot fathom what it is like to be outside of the realms of our reality or our universe he exists within another dimension which would seem obvious a place to which we just have no concept of hence the bible does try to describe it for us in ways that we as humans could understand it talk about streets paved of coal, pools as as gates and what it really just saying is that it very splendid very glorious in other words he just telling us hey dog my house is like the best house you know but we have no idea and it, it really is impossible to describe. As they say, the, the usual saying is, how do you describe color to a blind person? They've never seen it. We can't really understand it. And the same goes with hell. Although, hell is a different story. We'll talk about hell another time. Because, you know, the concept of burning people forever for sins they did within a fraction of their life is... Well, it's somewhat insane. And it's just basically a comfort for people who have been wronged in society and people who believe that justice needs to be carried out. Okay, so this is why we're going with the UNC. And the UNC really is the belief that the whole universe, this entire universe, was created for men. And that at some point in time, we will be an intergalactic civilization or species. This is essentially what the trust of this whole podcast is is going to be about we're going to talk about all these various topics that have to do with going out of space and colonizing the entire universe now before i go i remember i said in other words that i would try to use the bible to support a lot of the views that i have and of course going out of space and colonizing the universe sounds a bit far-fetched for what the bible purposes is we need to remember the bible purpose is not to tell us everything about life the bible purpose is simply to get us from this system of things into the new system of things. So it's just a guidebook to teach us how to get into the promised life, what God originally intended. Hence, it's not going to speak on all these things. But there are certain clues within the Bible that allow us to kind of glimpse at what the possibilities are. One of them being, we're going to go back to our story here, is the Tower of Babel. This is where mankind, from the Bible perspective, developed. We develop all these different languages. So the story of Babel begins in like Genesis chapter 11, and in this chapter we see this this particular guy. His name is Nimrod, and he's like a mighty hunter, and he decides that he wants to build this big tower. And it says, in other words, that the entire globe was of one language, and they had one set of words. So it means to say everybody's speaking the same language and they proceed to build this big city for themselves. Now, you might be wondering what is wrong with a city. Well, mm, maybe nothing, but the city went in opposition to what God essentially wanted at that point in time. God told them to spread out among the earth and become many. What these people intended to do was to stay within a city and to essentially be few. (laughs) They wanted to do the exact opposite of what God wanted them to do. He just wanted them to to cease from doing that, right? So, God came down and saw them building this city. And the city also was meant to give glory to men. It was, it was basically like us, our, our first attempt at testing our might and becoming powerful. And, you know, it's all about us and in all our, our arrogance, I guess you could say to a degree. So god came down and he examined what we're doing and he like "Hmm, so they're building a city and he of course he recognized well this going this is not really what i wanted this goes in opposition to what my purpose is for these people to do and he of course would know the ramifications of their he would know in other words what would come from something like this what i mean by that well me with my limit let me say our science fiction brain we put in our fat science fiction cap here let's say they build this big city this huge tower that they intend for everybody to live in and of course well besides the engineering the, the engineering difficulties and the fact that the tower might be subject to failure and all this there are no building codes back then we also have to think okay so the people who are at the top of this tower who in other words, have the most amount of power, at some point in time, they will want to consolidate their power. They, wouldn't want, they will not want anyone to actually leave this tower. And we could picture a world where all of humanity essentially being forced to live in this tower. And of course, we would have to invent rules to keep people bound to this tower, you know? They can't have children. We have to kill children who born, who don't fit into the population design as other people die. So it just would be a kind of nightmarish scenario to kind of have everybody being forced to live in this tower. That could be one of the reasons why God, in other words, said, fine. And there's a specific line he used that gives us a clue as to why men, in other words, may be able to accomplish much more than we think. All right, it says, so God came down and um, he says, look, They are one people with one language. And this is what they have started to do. Now, there is nothing that they may have in mind to do that will be impossible for them. So notice he says that there's nothing we will have in mind to do that will be impossible for us. So what that tells me is just as how we have a natural limitation in terms of being able to conceive of certain things. So for instance, as I said, we can't really perceive of a new color. We can't perceive what it's like to be in a place without time and space. We have natural limits upon our mind, a certain box within which we could play in. But anything that we could perceive with this mind, it seems as if we'd be able to carry out. And that would be the sign of a loving creator. Not that we would be able to do everything immediately, but that in other words, if you could dream it, you could do it. created reality and this entire universe and in other words he's saying it's our sandbox we could play in it and of course as with children you know a parent may be holding back a child from getting to certain places or playing with certain things not because the parent doesn't want the child to ever play with those things but simply because at the point in time the child will hurt or damage itself playing with you know certain things so, in like manner, it seems to me as if, based on what God says here, the fact that almost well anything will be possible. Anything we could conceive of with our mind would be possible. If we, in other words, within our mind could conjure up something, see how the parts fit together, and conceive of a way to translate it to reality, we could actually do it. It is possible in some form or other. It, in other words, is why I believe going out of space, while it may seem like radical, is not actually, that is like the first step, because eventually we would bring in subjection to me, all the different fundamental forces of this universe. We as humans would be, for lack of a better word, we would be the gods of this particular plane of reality. This may seem like blasphemy, but honestly, the powers or the the position we would be occupying would still pale in comparison to God and to the other celestial creatures. And the Bible also does support this as well to an extent because the Bible says, I guess I could quote the scripture another time if you really want me to, but it describes the creation ranking in other words because God, this the term hierarchy actually this is something I guess we should get out of the way one time. Hierarchies are of God, in other words. This is how God made things. He is the one who invented this hierarchical structure. So whether we like hierarchies or not, they exist and they are what it, and it is what it is. God is at the top. Jesus comes after. And then he describes particular angels as being um, within there as well. But the, the scripture that, I, that we are talking about in question, it says that God created man man just a little lower than the angels in other words we are basically the third or depending on how you look at it the second highest form of life that has been created thus far because angels are the only things above us i mean of course god is above us as well but god is like you know i don't know how to describe this i don't really see him in the scale we, <laughs> He created us. He created the scale. It's like He is separate from the creation itself now. We the created, in terms of the things that are created, angels and humans. So we're the second in command. <laughs> we're the second most powerful creature in the universe. But of course, right now we have problems and we haven't really experienced our full glory as it were. Our full capability or capacity. And because we are creatures created of a fleshly nature it would seem as if we have to e- sort of evolve and grow in time and we could see how that could happen I mean as we technology develop and we become more wise and we learn how to manipulate the environment even more we discover more scientific principles we begin to do things and become this sort of godlike figure So, I mean, let's just picture it right now. Let us say we were to transport a human at this present point in time with a full complement of technologies back to the very beginning. He would seem somewhat godlike to the former people. And that is just within the span of, you know, a couple thousand years. When we start talking about millions and billions of years, I mean, what would that human look like? And to me, it seems as if, yeah, it's not far-fetched to think that at some point in time, we would have all the different laws, all the different fundamental principles of this universe under our thumb. And the progression to me is also there as well. You know, at first we started with steam power, then we moved to oil, now is electricity, and we would just keep going until basically all the fundamental forces are at our disposal. Now that leads to a little paradox people will wonder well why hasn't some time traveler since what i'm saying here is that we'll be able to manipulate time as well why hasn't that time traveler come back to our time and let us know in other words that hey everything real nice the future awesome well to me that is a sign of perfect rulership you see one of the fundamental problems men have now is that we are being ru- well the whole premise of the Bible, need I remind you, is that men, in other words, chose to rule themselves, and we chose to say that we didn't need God. Hence, we are reaping the consequences of our actions. We're ruling ourselves, but we will never ever be able to govern ourselves properly. So, the, the whole idea is that God, in other words, has given us time to prove our point, which is we don't need you, we could rule ourselves. Since Adam and Eve Now we have been in a huge human experiment endeavoring to rule ourselves properly, and we have always failed, will always continue to fail because we were not created to operate independent of God. So that's the first part. But the second part is this the citizen, so while the government, in other words, is is a problem, the citizens are also a problem. Citizens sometimes believe that they know better, they know better, and They are bad citizens. So the solution from the biblical standpoint, which is what the whole Armageddon and the New World is all about, is creating a new government along with a new citizenry. This new citizenry would obey the government. And to me, it seems only logical that one of the first laws of the government, when we discover time travel, would be nobody goes to the point to this particular period in history. Why? Because it would disrupt everything. At the end of the day, this is a controlled experiment right now almost, where mankind is being shown to be incapable of ruling without God. If somebody were to come from the future into the past, there would be a disruption to the experiment. Or it would be... Because what they would would come back and obviously say, Hey, everything about God is true. And therefore there would be irrefutable proof that God does really exist. And therefore people would not have to put the level of faith that we have to put in the belief of a creator right now. Everything would change. Everything would change. And it would disrupt the experiment as it will. So to me, it would seem only logical that the government would say, no time travel to this particular point in time, but everything else is free game. Well, I mean, there may be other laws, we don't know. But what here is that we would be governed by laws, and people would obey those laws. Hence, the future will not be one of a dystopian vision. It would be one of peace, and the exact conditions that God would have originally intended would be existing. Now, for the purposes of a story and a narrative, that future is boring. (laughs) So when it comes to my writing, of course, we'll be dealing with a dystopian future, one where mankind is still imperfect, one where we still have the same foibles and the same inequities as we do now and it would just be magnified on a galactic scale so i hope you join me for my writing check out the dark love series I you're into science fiction fantasy and feel free to check out uh, once again our links in the description follow us on instagram and facebook remember it's garrett Mayers and i look forward to the continued development that's all for today folks